Hey, this is Pastor Greg Evans from Calvary Assembly of God. I want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I pray that God will speak to your heart, that he will challenge you, and that you will be encouraged and that you will overcome by God's word and the word of your testimony. God bless you. Enjoy the service. You have your Bibles turned to Philippians chapter 3 this morning. Philippians chapter 3. I have an annual message. I mix it up a little bit, but I I believe it's important to start the year off with a focus, with a determination, with some goals in mind, personally and corporately. And so we go back to this. uh, And and if you walked in today, if you did not get this uh, personal inventory form, I'd like everyone to have one. So if you didn't get one and you want one, uh, would you just raise your hand? If you did not get a personal inventory. I believe there's an usher somewhere. Yes, right there. And they're coming right now. You, you definitely want this. Even if you're not going to do it, I think it'll help you get your mind in a sort of an understanding of what God is saying to us this morning. It will be a benefit and a blessing to you. Amen. As we're getting started today, I want to just take just a moment to give a little bit of, the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And I I cannot let the day, there's some back here over here on this side too that have their hands up, just so you know. Um, I cannot let a day go by like today without saying happy birthday to my mom. She's right here on the front row. And today is her birthday. And uh, she is the matriarch and the queen of the Evans family. And so we celebrate her. And let me tell you, she rules with an iron, no, she doesn't. She, she is a gentle spirit and a loving, godly mother. And if she is the queen, today is also my son's birthday, Caleb. We want to say happy birthday to him. He is not the king of our family. But I could see Caleb probably one day being the king of a small country somewhere, okay? That's just the kind of guy he is. So uh, happy birthday, son. I love you. I celebrate you today, and I honor you. I want to follow up with what uh, Candace started sharing a few minutes ago, and that is this year, this month this year, we as a church are going to pursue God and seek his face together. I believe it's vitally important. We have done this annually. It has looked a little different in years past because we've done a full week of prayer and fasting. And this year, we believe God spoke to us as a leadership team. We prayed, we heard from the Lord, we talked about it uh, for weeks, really, and just really believe God was saying to us to do a 21-day fast and month of prayer and hearing from the Lord. And so we're going to ask you, starting next Sunday, January the 9th through January the 30th to fast and pray with us here at Calvary. If this is your church, if this is where God has called you and he has planted you here, then we want you to join us in fasting and seeking his face together. Now, I believe God has to speak to you personally about that. I believe you need to hear from the Lord. I believe you need to fast the way that God shows you to fast. I'm not here to tell you how to do it. We are encouraging and we are asking everyone that will. And I believe, I don't believe God would have spoken this to us as a team if he was not going to help us to collectively kind of uh, adopt it and and to take it as a serious matter uh, for this church. The Bible talks clearly about things, some things come only through prayer 
and fasting. I believe what God wants to do in his church, this church, but his church in general, the body of Christ, and what he wants to do in our nation and around the world is going to require the body of Christ coming together in a moment, a season of seeking him in a way that is just beyond the traditional or the the repetition of coming to him individually, but corporately coming and hearing the voice of God. And that happens through fasting. That happens through pushing the plate back. And so God has spoken to us. We believe we're to go on a Daniel fast for 21 days. This pastoral team and leadership team will be doing that. We're asking you to join us starting next Sunday. There is some uh, handouts in the foyer. I believe they're on the uh, Welcome Center uh, desk out there that kind of explain the Daniel Fast. And we will have more stuff on our website. Uh, it may already be there, but uh, we have stuff on our website. You can go there at uh, caop.church. And uh, it's already there, I believe. I see a thumbs up. And uh, you can go there and find out more information about what that looks like. Basically, the Daniel Fast is giving up meats and sweets and treats and just living on for 21 days fruits and vegetables and whole grains and uh, things like that. You can read Daniel. You can read what he ate and, uh, and understand it maybe a little better. And there's a lot of resources online and, again, at our website. And we want you to join us. And uh, you've, got to, you've got to plan these things. You can't just say, oh, maybe I'll try it. You've got to hear from the Lord. And I believe God's going to speak that to you even this morning and I believe as we do this together, God is going to show up in a powerful way, personally in your life, your home, and your family, and corporately in this house. How many are going to believe with me for that this month and this year? Amen. Thank you. All across the room, we appreciate that so much. And then in, in uh, agreement with that, we're going to have, as was on the video, Revival Nights. And that is next Sunday night at 6, the following Sunday, and the following Sunday. Three Sunday nights in a row at 6 p.m., uh, the 9th, the 16th, and the 23rd nights of revival and revivals don't come because we bring in special guest speakers revivals don't come because we have special music revivals don't come because we call a special scheduled service revivals come when the people of God seek the face of God when there's a hunger and a desperation in our hearts to hear from the Lord and I'm believing for a sovereign move of his spirit in my life this year, in my home and family, and in this church, the church that God has called my wife and I to pastor and to lead. We don't want to lead from a platform. We want to lead by example. We want to lead alongside of you. We want to walk with you through this. And we're asking you to walk with us through this month of prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God. So if you will do that with us. We would appreciate it, and I believe God will be honored by it, and I think, thank you for it even in advance. In Philippians chapter 3, we're going to just cast a little vision this morning. We're going to hear from the Lord. I want to come in agreement with what Candace said earlier. I believe even this morning, as the word of God is coming forth, that God is going to begin to, if he has not already, is going to begin to release visions and dreams and supernatural insight into your spirit. I believe with all my heart, I'm not trying to hype you up or get you overly uh, excited with dramatic words. I am telling you what I believe in 
in my spirit by faith that there is something in 2022 for every believer on the planet that if you will open yourself up to hear from God, you will hear a word from the Lord. If you will open yourself up to receive from God, you will receive a miracle from the Almighty. If you will open yourself up to be used by God, he will use you to do abundantly above anything you could ask or imagine. There is some expectation inside of me that must declare it from this pulpit as your pastor that if you will expect, you will receive. If you will hunger and thirst and go after God, he will pour out his spirit upon you. If you believe it, would you just shout glory or amen or something to the Lord? Amen. Philippians chapter three, Paul writes this. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul is not concerned with what will cost him, with what will cost him, or with the hardships that will be required of him. His goal is to know Christ. He doesn't say, I want to know Christ if... I can do it in an hour and a half on Sunday morning. Hello? It's quiet in here. He doesn't say, I want to know Christ if I can eat all I want, anytime I want, and never pray. He doesn't say, I want to know Christ if I can do everything else I want. He says, I want to know Christ and the power, the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him. It doesn't matter what it costs me. My goal is to know Christ. I believe this, Calvary Assembly of God. We can know him best when we discipline ourselves in spiritual matters. We can know him best when we know his word. We can know him best when we seek his face. We can know him best when we humble ourselves and pray as he declares and tells us to do in his word. We can know him best when we die to this flesh and live to the spirit of God. Come on. We can know him. Paul goes on to say, passing, uh, pressing toward the goal, he says, I don't mean, in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. And, and here's the challenge. So often we find ourselves in this place where we think we've already been there. We've already got this figured out. We've already... Uh, we already know the way. Uh, I, my last pastor did it this way. I'm going to do it that way. Or, or I did it this way last time. I got victory and I'll do it that way again. Paul doesn't say that. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on. <laughs> I've got to press on. You may have gotten a victory last year, but you need a victory this year. You've got to press on. You may have gotten breakthrough in some area of your life, but there's another problem. Press on. Maybe you haven't received victory yet. Maybe you haven't gotten the joy yet. Maybe there hasn't been a breakthrough yet. Press on. Everybody say press on. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. I forget the past. Everybody say forget the past. I forget the past, and I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. 
Verse 17, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct show they really are enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about their, this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for your word. It is life to us. It is strength to us. It is healing to us. It is renewal to our minds. And I pray that it would come alive in each and every person today within the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that as I decrease and hide myself behind the sacred desk this morning, I pray that you would increase and that you would be exposed by your spirit into every heart, every mind, every life present that is open to receive you. Let your word speak something fresh individually and may it renew us corporately. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 2021 is history. Some of you are excited. Others of you had a great year, and you're like, man, I'm going to miss this and that. But it's gone, and a new year's here. Amen. And that's just like 2021. 2022, for some of you, is exciting. Looking ahead, fresh start. For others of you, you're challenged by the things that lie ahead. But I believe it's a year full of possibility and opportunity. I always look at this numbers every year, and I want to just read it to you. There are 12 months this year. You know that. There are 52 weeks this year. Most of you knew that. There are 365 days this year. I think the majority of us knew that. Did you know there's 8,760 hours? 525,600 minutes? And 31,536,000 seconds. That's a lot of seconds. What are you going to do with all your time? What are you going to do with all the time you have before you? What, how are you going to spend those seconds? Every second of your life matters. Every moment counts. Make the best of it. Make the best of your life. Make the best of your family. Make the best of all that God has given you. It's this time of year that we typically set goals. You've got a handout in front of you that I, I pass out every year. It's this time of year that we, some of us make resolutions. Some of us call them other things. We call them goals or, or uh, uh, believing statements, whatever it may be for you. In the dictionary, resolution is defined this way. It's a course of action decided upon a fixed purpose. A course of action decided upon and a fixed purpose. The thesaurus says this about the word resolution. It says, make up your mind. These are other terms and words that can mean the same. Make up your mind to decide, to determine, to have tenacity, doggedness, and firmness. 
So I know some of us kind of stay away from the word resolution and we don't like to do that. I get that. I understand that. But I want to encourage you today to whatever you want to call it is fine. But we need some tenacity to go after the things that God is putting in our spirit. We need some dogged determination to say, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hold on with dear life. I'm going to hold on to every promise God has given me, every vision God has given me from the past and right now in the present. And I'm not letting go till I see the victory and the goodness of the Lord. Can somebody just say amen? I like this. I like to say it this way. I believe. You don't have to say I'm making a resolution. You don't have to say I'm setting my goals. Just say I believe. I believe for victory in my home. I believe for financial breakthrough. I believe that the business I'm going to start is going to succeed. I believe that my family shall be saved. I believe that my church is going to have revival. I believe that I'm going to be a part of the goodness of God in my life. Hallelujah. I believe. Everybody say, I believe. You can write that down on that paper I gave you. I believe. I gave you on the front page there. Some of your top achievements for the past, this past year. And you should write those down. You should, it's, a good, it's a good practice to just make notes and to write down some things. Maybe some of you did this last year and you can refer back to it. You can write down things in your marriage, your family, your personal, your business, and your financial life. Some of the top lessons that you've learned. And then on the next two sheets I gave you, it says looking ahead to 2022 and it gives you a topic, your marriage, your family, your personal, your business, and your financial. And it gives you some top, some goals to achieve and why those things matter and what steps you're going to take, action steps. And then personally, your personal growth, what books might you read? Some, uh, one of the things that I do every year and not saying you have to do this or this way, but every year for the last many years, I've tried to read through the Bible entirely. And this year, I, I upped it a little bit. I'm going to try to read even more. I'm going to try to read it in less than a year is my goal. And so I, I just, I'm just trying to encourage you, write that down. If that's something you feel like you would like to do or you want to learn to or just memorize a, a chapter in the Bible each month or something, write that down. Set some goals, spiritual and personal goals for yourself. And writing it down helps to make it happen. I found that things I don't write down usually don't happen. And things I do write down often do occur. So what are you going to do with all of your time? I'm believing for greater things in 2022. Um, I believe this, that if we want great things to happen, how many want some great things to happen personally in your life in 2022? At least 50% of you. How many want some really great things to happen in your church in 2022? I think there was a little more than 50% of you that time. Man, you should want the same for yourself as you want for your church. Go after it. I believe if we want the supernatural move of God, both personally and corporately, then we're going to have to get back to some basics. I don't mean to sound elementary up here. I don't mean to just, I don't, I don't mean to talk as if you don't know what needs to be done. But I'm challenged in my spirit by the spirit of God that we've got to get back to some basics. There's a lot of amazing teaching that takes place from mighty men and women of God. There are some deep things that we need and we need to hear. But you know, you can't catch the things that God is saying in the deep if we haven't even been reading God's word. 
You can't catch the deep things of God if you haven't even been spending time in prayer. I don't want to be a, 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 a daddy up here that scolds his children this morning. That is not my goal at all. It is simply my goal to be a messenger from our Father, our Heavenly Father, and just call his children, as I would call my own children, back to a place of obedience. You know, sometimes if you, <clears throat> excuse me, Sometimes if you give your kids like a list of things that they're, chores that they're responsible for around the house, they'll do them for a little while and then they quit. Can I get a witness? Come on. Caleb's not the only one, is he? I'm just kidding. I don't even know if he's here somewhere. Listen, but they do. That's, that's sort of human history. You can do it on your job too. You'll give employees or you'll, your, your boss will give you some things that you got to get all this stuff done. And then over time, you just kind of let this slack a little, that slack a little. And before long, and you got to regroup. You got to have a staff meeting. You got to have a family meeting. You got to say, hey guys, it's not getting done. We got to start it over. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do this. And I believe that's kind of where we are as the body of Christ. I believe the Father, our Heavenly Father, God Almighty, is calling us in this season, in this moment in time, back to a place of base. Say, hey, brother, sister, son, daughter, there are some things you need to do, some basic things. Pray, fast, seek me, hear my voice, obey me. Set some disciplines in your life, and then I can take you deeper than you've ever gone. Then I can take you further than you ever dreamed. Then I can do greater things than you ever thought possible if you'll just get back to the basics. I believe it's going to require some spiritual disciplines. We're going to be in a series this month on Sunday mornings on the spiritual disciplines, which include, by the way, prayer and fasting. Last year, 2021, we, I, I I preached a similar message to this, and I said that this coming year, it was my goal, it was our goal as a church to start, we wrote it down, we began to pray over it, to start a food distribution ministry that was successful and far-reaching. And I want you to know, in 2021, we started a food ministry that is successful and far-reaching, and we are feeding the hungry people of this community, not only with food that will feed their belly, but with the love and the power of Jesus. And I'm excited about Calvary Cares ministry. I said that we were going to give more to world missions than we had ever given in the past. And, well, at least in recent history. I don't know the figures from the beginning of the church. But I know that in recent history, over the last 10 years or so, this past year we gave more to missions than we have in recent history. Somebody ought to give God the glory. you got to write it down. you got to call it what you, as you see it. you got to believe for it by faith. You can't just hope for it. You can't just hope that some good things happen this year. You can't just hope that something that your marriage gets better or hope that your children do better or hope that the finances come in or hope that the church has revival. You've got to write it down. You've got to go after it with tenacity. You've got to declare the very word and promises of God that are yes and amen and declare that victory belongs to you. It does. I'm believing this year, again, for spiritual renewal individually, in our families, and corporately. That happens this month through prayer and fasting. That happens through these nights of revival that we are planning. Come, be a part of that. You say, well, I don't have time, and it's a little out of my comfort zone. I go to bed by 8 o'clock. Some of y'all say you go to bed at 8 o'clock, but what you really do is you lay in bed and watch TV. You know? And that's fine. 
But if you'll give God these three Sunday nights this month and you'll come and hear from him, I'm telling you, something will, will awaken inside of you. Something will shift inside of you. I'm believing for spiritual renewal. It's going to happen as we teach this month on the spiritual disciplines. I'm believing for corporate revival. I am. I, don't, I want personal revival. It starts here with me. I want revival in my house. I want revival in my marriage. I want revival in my children. I want revival personally. But I want revival corporately. I'm looking for the day when the clock doesn't matter on Sundays or Wednesdays or any other time. I'm looking for the day when people get here early, maybe even to stand in line to get in the building. I'm looking for the day when there's no time to go home, but we just linger in altars. And we, I'm looking for the day when Pastor Greg doesn't have to say, would you please come to the altar? But when people just start standing up and walk into a place to surrender once again and to seek God once again and to hear God once again. I'm looking for revival that drives you and I personally to a depth, to a place in deep personal relationship with God where we hear his voice, we know his voice, and we respond to the voice of God corporate revival I'm believing to do even more in 2022 to reach the world I'm not believing that we'll just send more money that's going to happen too but I'm believing we're going to go somewhere we're going to do something as a church to take the message of Jesus to the world we're doing that by sending missionaries and we're going to continue in fact you need to be a part in March of our upcoming global impact weekend you need to make plans for it as you hear the the details of that rollout you need to start hearing from God now what will I do this year more for missions financially than I did last year I believe we can send more money overseas but I believe we can send more missionaries overseas and I believe you and I can be missionaries that go into the highways and the byways on a whole new way, on a whole new level. Believing for soul winning and water baptism to happen more this year than it did this past year. And I thank God for the victories and salvations we had this year. We're starting a preschool at Calvary Assembly of God. In fact, tomorrow is our first day of class. Somebody ought to get excited. We launch tomorrow. I'm believing that this year, that Calvary Academy Preschool is going to exceed its stated goal of 20 students. I know that sounds small to you, but that's big to launch, to launch with for us. I'm believing we're going to exceed that. And I believe that it is going to be a blessing, not just to Calvary, though that will happen. I believe it is going to be a blessing to this community because we're not just going to watch babysit kids for about eight or ten hours a day. We're going to indeed speak life into their life. We're going to pray over them. We're going to believe God for revival to start in those homes and those families. Amen? Calvary Academy. We're going to be a community that loves children and families and reach them. I'm believing that our Chi Alpha ministry on the St. John's Community College campus is going to explode. Amen. And I believe college students and young adults are going to have revival on that campus and in this house and all around our community because we're going to go in with fire. In fact, Pastor Justin is traveling right now to Atlanta where he'll sit all for the next three days in, in classes preparing his heart and his mind and his spirit to be a better missionary on that campus out of this church. And Calvary Assembly of God is going to have a campus, Chi Alpha Ministry, that is, I believe, going to exceed anything I've ever dreamed of or thought possible. And we're going to reach young adults on a whole new level. I'm believing for our youth ministry 
that meets on Wednesday nights. And there's some big, exciting things happening in our youth ministry right now. Pastor Trevor and his wife, Lindsay, are leading them effectively and powerfully and under the unction and anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I'm believing our teenagers, our high school and middle school students are going to have personal revival and corporate revival. And they're going to be campus missionaries on their high school and middle school campuses. And I'm believing for God to shake them and change them and renew them in a powerful way this year as well as Pastor Candace and our kids ministry. They're meeting right now simultaneous with this. I'm not just believing for a great kids ministry with a a lot of entertainment that happens in kids ministry for sure but I'm believing for young people both our teenagers and our elementary students to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to have the power and the gift of the spirit of speaking in other tongues and miracles and signs and wonders happening through our young people and our children somebody ought to get excited with me about that because God still does those things and he does it in the young and the old he's a faithful father I'm believing for Pastor Trevor Pastor Candace Pastor Justin and every other pastor in this house to preach and teach under a greater anointing than we've ever preached or taught before. Believing that signs and wonders and miracles are going to be the regular occurrence in this house, in every ministry. And not just from this pulpit, and not just from our pastoral team, but from you, from you. And from you, from every person, as the song said earlier, that will open up their mouth. For every person that will begin to declare the very promises of God in your life and through your life. For every person who will speak a word of prophecy over their children, over their marriage, over their neighbor, over their co-worker, over their friend. For every person who will let God speak through them and work through them. There will be signs and wonders and miracles. Somebody that will believe for it will you give God a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. Well, it's not going to happen if you don't believe for it. It won't happen. Well, I don't know, Pastor, if I can do it or not. I just, I've never done that before. Well, when are you going to start? I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not up here trying to play with you this morning. I'm here to tell you the very word of God, both written word of God and that that he's placed in my spirit to confirm this word is that there are signs and wonders and miracles in you ready, ready to be released. But you got to do it. I'm going to ask it again. How many are believing for that and want that in your life? Give God a shout of praise. That's a little bit better. I don't believe we can reach our spiritual goals personally that you write down or corporately that you write down without spiritual discipline in our lives. Listen, if you go out of this place today and you face January 2022 or the whole year of 2022 the same way you faced it last year or the year before that, you'll get the same results. But if the 50 to 75% of you that have raised your hand this morning and been responsive to what God is saying already, if you really believe God's going to do these things, then you're going to have to do some different things than you've ever done before. You're going to have to implement the spiritual disciplines that we're going to be teaching on. I want to introduce them just briefly this, to you this morning. We can't do them just because we hope to. We have to do them because we understand them, because we go deep and, and seek God's face and hear from God. There are the inward disciplines of meditation and prayer and fasting and study of God's word. Those take place inwardly. No one else sees those necessarily. As you fast and pray and meditate and study the word of God, it happens sort of in the secret place. They're the inward disciplines. We're going to talk about that. Not today, but next week. 
We're going to go hard after that and hear from God on that personally. Then there are the outward disciplines, the disciplines that other people see you uh, effectively accomplish in your life. You're not doing them to be seen, but they can't help but be seen. Here are a couple of those. Uh, simplicity. Solitude. You say, how does people see solitude? Because they see that you're a person who gets away, who, who, who goes deep into a place of quiet. When, you're, when you disappear for a day or a few hours a day to seek God, people around you see that. But they don't just see that, they see the outward accomplishment of that. They see the spiritual renewal that takes place in that. So simplicity is one, solitude is one, submission is one, and service, working for the kingdom. These are outward disciplines. Well, I didn't know, Pastor, that that was a discipline. Service? I'm supposed to be, yes, we're all supposed to be working for the kingdom of God. And then there are corporate disciplines. Things that we should be doing corporately together. You may not even realize that there's some things that we as a church should be doing together. Well, you could add prayer to that, but we're not going to, that's not one of the corporate disciplines because that happens corporately when it first happens personally. So that inward discipline of prayer will also spread and be a corporate discipline, but that's not one of the corporate disciplines we're going to teach on. Here's what we're going to focus on, confession. I didn't know we were Catholic, Pastor. We're going to start going to confession? No. That's not the kind of, that confession, the Bible talks about confessing one to another. You might call it accountability. You might call it um, surrender. But obedience to God's word. I believe there are too many Christians walking around with spiritual challenges, even hidden sin, even things that they think they can never overcome because you have held it in for too long when we are the body of Christ and the only way to get true victory is when we come to one another and we confess our sins one to another and ask for prayer and encouragement and someone to stand with us. And here's the reason why we don't have public confession. I don't mean public like telling it to the whole church, but I mean personal confession one to another because we're afraid someone's gonna tell our business. And the reason why we're afraid that someone's going to tell our business is because too many of us have told other people's business. And I'm going to tell you something, unless you have those inward and outward disciplines I talked about a minute ago, you will never have a place of corporate discipline of confession because you'll be too worried about someone talking about you or you talking about someone else. What we need to be able to do is go to one another and say, I'm challenged in this area of my life. I'm struggling in something in my life and I need some help. I need victory. I need to overcome and know that who you talk to and who you trust in is going to hold it not only in personal confidence, but greater still, hold it before God on their face in prayer and stand with brothers and sisters in Christ until we get victory. <laughs> Confession. Another corporate discipline is worship. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. I see a cultural shift. God help us. I didn't even know I'd be grieved by this when I said it, but I'm grieved in my spirit because I've seen it over the last two and a half, three years now. A cultural shift away from worship with the body of Christ. The devil has used a lie. I'm not here to talk about a virus this morning. 
But the devil has used a lie to convince people to lock themselves in their homes and away from the very presence and throne room of heaven. You say, oh, I can meet God in my home. Yes, you can. But when he tells us to join together with those of like precious faith, I'm telling you, there is something spiritual about that. And collective worship is a powerful place of the presence of Jesus where two or three agree together as touching anything. It shall be accomplished. If you need a miracle in your life, I'm going to tell you the best place to get it is in corporate worship, seeking the face of God, hungering after God together and coming at his throne room and bowing our hearts together in praise and in honor and adoration to the king. His presence will fill this house and fill your life and transform you. Worship is a corporate discipline and I rebuke the lie from hell that has tried to tell people to stay home. Get to church. If you're physically able, get to church. If you're emotionally able, get to church because a miracle will happen. A miracle because of your faith will be released in your life. Get to church. Guidance. That happens from pulpits and discipleship groups and personal Bible study with groups of people, guidance comes from God's word corporately. And here's one that we don't talk about much, but it should happen every time we gather. You may have never even thought of it. And that's celebration. Did you know that was a corporate discipline? Church ought to not be just about coming and going through the motions. Church ought to be about celebration, celebrating our King and our Savior. Church ought to be about celebrating the salvation of the lost. Church ought to be about celebrating the baptism of the Holy Ghost and those that get baptized. Celebration ought to happen every time somebody gets victory in an altar. Every time somebody walks through the front door of the house, we ought to, get, we ought to begin to celebrate. That's why, we, that's why we create an atmosphere in our foyer where people should want to hang out because celebration happens when we fellowship together. Celebrate. Who calls a pastor on Sunday morning at 11.18? My phone's just a ringing away. We must not believe that the spiritual disciplines are only for spiritual giants. In fact, I'll take it a step further. If you've got some areas that you need victory in your life in, and you haven't been practicing the spiritual disciplines, you ought to be thankful you're sitting here today. Because God's about to release something powerful in your life as you obey his word, as you step into this new season of discipline in the things of God. It's not just for world-renowned Christian leaders. It's not just for people like monks who close themselves up in a, in a monastery somewhere and just wait on the Lord. That'd be awesome if you could do that, but it's not very practical. So God doesn't require that. He looks down at me. And you, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Average Person. And he says, if you want it, it's yours. If you're hungry for it, I want to fill you with it. If you need me, I'm here for you. Come and seek my face. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, said this, God intends the disciplines of the spiritual life to be for ordinary human beings, people who have jobs, who care for children, who wash dishes and mow lawns. In fact, the disciplines are best exercised in the midst of our relationships with our husbands and our wives, our brothers and our sisters, our friends and our neighbors. You can't be a spiritually disciplined person locked up in your house. 
You won't be a spiritually disciplined person if all you ever do is spend time alone. You will effectively work on and build up the spiritual disciplines when we do it together as the body of Christ. I believe that the primary requirement for accomplishing this is a longing after God. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand again after I ask this question. How many, I mean, if you truly have a longing for more of God in your life, would you raise your hand? I do. I'm not here to pretend this morning that I have some sort of secret answer on how you're going to get there, but I know it starts with practicing these disciplines in our life. I know it starts when we go hard after the things of God and we hunger and thirst after him. The psalmist, I believe, penned it best in Psalm 42, verses one and two, when he says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When, I can, uh, when can I go and stand before him? Oh, when we have that kind of longing, then you can't wait for 10 o'clock Sunday morning to roll around. You won't be the last one here. You'll be the first one here. Whenever you have that kind of longing, you'll want to be in the altar before the altar call is given. When you have that kind of longing, you'll want to be in church fellowshipping with the brothers and sisters every time the doors are open. When you have that kind of longing, you can't get away from God. God goes with you everywhere you go. And everywhere you go turns into a celebration of the victories won by the Spirit of the Lord working in your life. If we're interested in keeping any of the resolutions this year that we write down, any of the goals that we have, then we've got to be like David. And long hard after God. And we've got to implement the methods that Paul implements here in Philippians. He puts first things first. And he engages in the preliminary activity of forgetting what is behind. Some of you are holding on to your past. Like you super glued it to your mind somehow. I'm serious. You're needing victory today. I, I mean, I believe, I believe Candace and Sarah both as they were speaking and leading worship, I believe they were prophetically speaking this very thing when they were talking about forgetting those things of last year, releasing those things of last year. They didn't know what I was preaching this morning, but I'm gonna tell you something. Paul says, I forget what is behind me. Why? Because as long as you're holding on to your past, as long as all you're thinking about is how could God bless me because I did this or this happened to me or that happened to me or I was this or I was that, as long as that's going on, God cannot release the vi- well, he's releasing it, but you can't receive the victory that he's releasing to you because you're too busy worried about yesterday, worried about your past. And I right now, in the name of Jesus, I just rebuke any distraction that the enemy would try to stir up because God's releasing a word, releasing a on-time word right now into the hearts of every person in this building and watching online. And there are distractions happening in your homes. There are distractions happening even in this room and some of you in your minds because the devil don't want you to hear the truth of this. And so I rebuke that right now. I tell it to go and I thank you, God, that minds are alert and clear to receive your word. I'm talking to someone this morning. I'm talking to a lot of people this morning. You need to forget what is behind you. Paul's talking about forgetting in such a way that the past is gone forever. It doesn't get to creep back up next month. Next birthday, next time that someone says something that reminds you, it doesn't get to creep back in your life. You don't get to, get to, you don't get to go through another season of depression. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost when I said that. You don't get to go through another season of depression just because you're reminded of something from your past. You don't get to do that. 
the ushers would just help me with any distraction in this room today. You need to forget the past. You need to forget the wrong things that paralyze your thought life. I'm talking to some people in this room that pornography is a part of your past. And every time that the thought happens, you get looped in to all the thoughts of that that you used to do. Maybe it's not pornography, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's some other kind of addiction, maybe it's some other life-controlling thing in your life. But every time that it's mentioned, every time that you read about it, every time you see a news article, every time you just start, your mind says, oh, I, I'm a bad person, I used to do that, or I did that, or what if I did that again? I'm going to tell you something, you are free indeed, the Bible says. Freedom belongs to you. You don't get to go back into this season. Some of you, some people in this building today and watching right now, every time your past comes up, every time somebody says something that reminds you of it, you slump back into a place of depression and you stay there for weeks, some of you months. Some of you spend more time in this place of depression and, and anxiety about your past than you get to spend in moments of victim, victory and freedom. I didn't come to, I didn't not even come to say this this morning. This is the Holy Ghost releasing a prophetic word to everyone who will receive it today. It is this day, this very day, this first Sunday of 2022, January 2nd, 2022, is your day of victory and breakthrough if you'll just forget the past today. If you'll lay it at an altar today. I, I tell you something, I believe I, we have had the most powerful altar services in the last almost four years we've been here now. We've had powerful seasons, powerful times of breakthrough. I want you to know something. I say it until I'm blue in the face, but I'll just say it again because that's what I'm called to do. This place, this altar right here, the front of this building, and it can happen anywhere. It can happen in your home. You can happen in your car. Any place that you desire can be your altar. But I'm going to tell you, there is something powerful and unique and anointed about walking an aisle and bowing your knee in an altar at the front of this house and surrendering yourself again and again and again and again to an almighty God who loves you and cares for you and died for you and lives for you. And I think some of us are walking through repetitive seasons of, uh, of, of doubt and, and defeat because we don't bow our knee at this altar enough. Don't be afraid. Don't let viruses make fear in you to be, a, to be in an altar. Don't let what people think about you keep you in fear of being in an altar. Dear Lord, I'm the pastor, and sometimes I walk off the front pew and I bow my knee right here. Y'all think I'm backslidden because I pray? Nobody's going to think something about you. You know what I'm going to do and 99.9% of everybody else in this room is going to do when you walk an aisle and bow your knee at an altar, we're going to start praying with you. We're going to start interceding alongside of you. There's nothing to be afraid of. We've gotten away from the altar because we've gotten addicted to the clock. We've gotten away from the altar because we've gotten more concerned about keeping our clothes from being wrinkled and no tears running or our mascara running or whatever. Well, I don't wear any, but you know. just need to seek God again. I'm just going right back to the thing I started with. We got to get back to the basics. I believe there's less victories in the houses of God across our nation and around our world because there's less altar time. Well, pastor, you can't judge me just because I don't go. No, I'm not judging anybody. 
this is not about judgment. I'm just telling you about 75% or greater of the victories I've won have happened in an altar. There's no judgment. I just want victory. I just want revival. I read the history books of all the great revivals and they happened around altars. Every one of them. They didn't happen because somebody thought they would just pray for it in their private prayer closet. It started there, but it led to an altar. Every great sovereign move of God happens because the body of Christ collectively begins to seek him and worship him and then do all of these disciplines that we just read and talked about. Forgetting what is behind, forgetting not only the bad things behind you, but forget your attainments as well because all of your victories, all of your past successes can sometimes lead to pride. Is there any witness in this room this morning? Well, I don't need God anymore. I've already achieved. I don't need the things that that we're talking about today. I'm already there, Pastor. I fast every week. Well, praise God. Let Let it be something that you come along others and teach them and help them to do it. And then you go deeper. Be a disciple maker. Our attainments sometimes can keep us or they'll cause us to slip into neutral. I'm just already, I've already had that victory. Let me tell you something. I've had some great victories in my life. I've had some great joys in my life. But every time, especially this time of year, but throughout the year, over and over again, I'm brought to a place of surrender and fresh renewal where I say, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I need you. God, yesterday's outpouring was not enough. Last month's outpouring was not enough. I need more. I need more, God. I need more of you and less of me. In order to make solid goals for our future, then we have to put our failures and our previous attempts behind us. Maybe you fell short somewhere along the way. Maybe you tried to start a business and it didn't succeed. We're starting this preschool. We have had red tape after red tape after red tape, challenge after challenge after challenge. And we've had to talk ourselves off of a ledge about a thousand times. Just, I wanted, I, I can't tell you how many times myself or one of the other leaders would have said, let's just, well, I don't even know if we can do this. I don't even know if we can do this. But just say, you know what? We're going to just try, just try one more. Let's just try another door. You can't let your past failures keep you from your, your current and your future victories. You got to keep going after it. If God puts something in your spirit, then you got to believe for it. Paul's first step is engaging in the first things first, the preliminary activity, forgetting what is behind. But the second step is that we have to implement the plan. Beverly said it. I I don't know if you see how God's connected this whole morning. Beverly said it, first you ask and then you believe. (laughs) You got to implement a plan. Write it down. I'm going to tell you something. This is just a piece of paper with a few words and some, you know, squares put on it and lines. You don't have to use this. You can use your journal. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you don't write it down, then you never believed God would give you victory. I just believe that. If you're just going to hold it up here, you'll forget it unless you are superhuman and you can remember things like nobody else. You'll forget what God said to you this morning. You'll forget the very thoughts you had in your mind as God was speaking this morning through this message and through worship. You'll go out of here and by tomorrow or the next day, if you don't write it down sometime, it'll be gone. Now, you may remember it six months from now, but you won't have anything to reference. 
I take things like this, I write on it, I fold it up and I put it in my Bible or I put it in my journal and boom, it pops back out and I'm like, wow, God's doing that or God did that or God, I still need that. You need to write it down. You got to implement a plan. This is what Paul's talking about in verse 13 when he says, I'm straining toward what is ahead. Straining there, the word straining means he's doing something about it. He's writing it down perhaps. He's going after it. He's got some goals. He's going after that which God has put in his spirit. He's not just thinking, well, maybe it'll happen one day. If we want revival, if we want personal, if you want revival in your house, and I'm going to tell you, it's never going to happen in these altars until it happens in your home. If you want revival in your house, then you need to strain towards what is ahead. I mean, you got to implement some stuff. you got to write some stuff down. Because I'm going to tell you what happens when you write that kind of thing down. I want revival in my home. I want my kids to be saved. I want my husband or my wife to be saved. I want us all to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want the supernatural to begin to happen in my house and then through our lives and family. I, I want that. And then you write it all down. And then you, once you write it down, you can't get away from it. If you don't write it down, you'll get away from it real quick. Once you write it down, it becomes a prayer point for you. I mean, it's something you're passionate about. And then when you come to this altar, I've brought things like this that I've written. I've brought them right here in the middle of the week, and I've laid right here in front of this pew with my head on my, on my face laying on this paper or on a paper like this or a, or a journal and just cried over it and wept and sought God over it until I saw God do something in it. This is a prayer point. You need to write it down. You've got to strain towards what is ahead. How many believe God has something ahead for you? Will you wave at me? I'm just, I mean, just keep waving for just a minute. I want to see if you believe God has something ahead for you. There's a miracle right back here in this, in this, in this section. I'm telling you, there is a miracle in the backside of this room that God has had for you for a long time. In fact, I didn't even see who's back there, but uh, the potters right back there. Kelly, that's for you. I, don't, I, don't, I have no intention of saying this, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a promise God gave you, Kelly. And it is a lie from hell that will tell you that it's never going to happen. you got to strain towards what is ahead. I know she doesn't mind me saying this this morning. There is a miracle of healing and supernatural anointing for your life to lead other people into that place of healing as well. And it's going to happen as you strain towards what... Straining means it costs us something. Straining means we got to go after it. Straining means when it's hard, we still do it. We strain towards it. Kelly, periodically, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but periodically in our four years here, Kelly has heard from God and she has written and written page after page after page of prophetic word and asked for permission to release that. And every time she's released it, it has been spot on. There is an anointing upon your life, Kelly, to release the prophetic. And it's not, God's not finished with that yet. And there's many more. There's many more. There's a miracle in this section. Listen, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people in that section. There's seven miracles in that section. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, there is, a, there is a miracle waiting in this section right here, a miracle of breakthrough and victory that you've dreamed about and wanted for a long time. That is a prophetic word from the Lord. And those that know me know I don't do this all the time. I do it when the Holy Spirit comes on me. I can't even tell you. I, and I don't, I, don't just say that, I don't just say that lightly. I believe all seven of you are getting ready to step into a place of miracles that you've dreamed about for a while. And specifically the two in the back here, I just want to release something on you right now that this year ahead of you is going to be a year of vision and implementation of vision. You only know what that means. 
But you're about to step into something that God has put in your spirit. And don't give up on it and don't quit. Don't let the lie. you got to strain towards what is ahead. I'm telling you, I feel such an unction of the Holy Ghost right now that there's going to be a straining towards what is ahead for everyone who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you and to his church than letting hear it right now. You're going to have to strain. This is not going to happen because you heard a good message or you thought, man, I said amen to that preacher this morning just at the right time. Oh, it's mine now. Listen, it's going to happen because you strain towards what is ahead. Straining refers to a continuous, a continuous pressure, a continuous pushing, like that of a runner in a race whose ceaseless personal exertion and intensity of desire help him to achieve the hope of victory. You got to go after it with tenacity. I have a bulldog. And we get toys for our little Dolly. Dolly's a nice name for a bulldog, isn't it? Makes them sound so sweet. And she is sweet. But when she chomps down on that toy, I'm not getting it out of her mouth. She does it with such tenacity, such determination. She's not going to let go. She could pull me over if she wanted to. And I'm pretty tough. Now, she might pull me over, but I'm not going to let go either. (laughs) But she's not going to let go. I can't get that out of her mouth until she decides to let me get it out of her mouth. I have to release it and quit applying pressure. And at the moment she begins to lighten up a little bit, I have to snatch it. But she has dogged determination to hold on to. That's what some of us need to do with the promises God's put in your spirit. If you need a physical healing in your body, would you raise your hand right now? I mean, like if you believe God could do that, you need a physical healing in your body. Keep your hand up for just a minute. There is such an anointing in this room right now. Healing in Jesus' name. I pray right now, Father, that you would release miracles in every person with their hand raised. If they're watching online right now, I thank you, God, for miracles being released. Physical healing miracles released right now. Lord, that those that are sick in body, there's pain, they're experiencing pain, they're experiencing some sort of debilitation, they're experiencing some sort of emotional or mental crisis. I thank you before they walk out of this building today, they would be healed and whole in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I release that miracle of healing. You got to strain towards what's ahead now. Strain towards that victory through faith, through believing. Nothing's too difficult for me, says the Lord. Your past is not too difficult for me. Your present situation is not too difficult for me. But your future is grand in my eyes. I am your father and you are my child. 
I declare over you good and not bad. I speak over you life and not death. I proclaim and I release over you victory today in my house. I declare that your mind is alert and that your spirit is ready. So open your heart and let my word come in. Open your mind and let my spirit begin to speak revelation into your spirit. Open your life and begin to let me to use you in ways you never dreamed possible. Nothing. I say nothing. I declare over you nothing is too difficult for me if you will surrender if you will walk if you will seek me if you will hunger after me says the lord i will fill your life with good things i will bless your future i will order your steps and i will prosper all that you set your hands to do i have declared over my children for this season that greater things are ahead greater things than you've ever dreamed of says the lord things that you hoped for but you didn't know would happen things that you wanted but you didn't know how it could take place i declare this is your year of victory this is your season of breakthrough this is your time of release says the Lord of hosts open up and let me pour my spirit in this morning this hour this day as you seek me says the Lord in Jesus name receive that word right now from God that's the word of God hallelujah if you don't know what just happened we believe God still speaks to his church through tongues and interpretation for those that have that gift, and my wife operates in that gift, and she just released a word from God, I interpreted that word, and I'm telling you, if you'll receive it, it's yours. You can just scratch your head and walk out and say, I don't know what that was, but if you will receive it, it's yours today. The Holy Spirit is in this room right now. you got to implement the plan. In other words, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm, I'm trying to wrap this up. But if you're going to implement the plan, the plan comes by faith. The plan means stepping out of the boat when the waves are crashing around you. When Jesus says, come, you just step out and come. That's what Peter did. I don't know. I don't know if I could walk on water. But I'm going to tell you, Peter walked on water. Read the word. Jesus said, come. He just put one foot over the edge. Followed by the other foot over the edge. And the Bible says he started walking on water. you got to walk by faith. He had a goal of meeting Jesus out where Jesus was. And he just did it. you got to do it. Some of you, and I'm, I'm closing with this, some of you are in a boat. It's where God put you. That's where Peter was supposed to be at that moment. But you're stuck in a boat. Jesus is out there saying, Come. Jesus is out there saying, come on, step into your reality of victory this year. Step into that place of vision. Some of you are supposed to start business, some kind of business. I wrote it in my notes. I'm not even going to ever get there this morning. But some of you are supposed to start a business, and it's going to take some stepping out of your boat to get there. You're in the boat God put you in, but you're stuck in the boat because Jesus is out there saying, come, and you're focused on last year's challenges. You're focused on where you've been instead of where you're going. There's a place of victory today. There's a place of vision. I can't move on any further. We just got to wrap this up and just let God do what he's going to do. If you're ready to forget what's behind and press strain 
toward the visions God's putting in you. And I believe he's beginning to release visions even as I've been preaching. If you're ready for that, like you want to step in to the things God is putting in your spirit, would you just stand to your feet with me? Across? If, you, if that's you, just stand. If it's not, you can remain seated. But if you are ready to strain towards what is ahead, step. Stand up. Stand up. This is personal and this is corporate. This is you and your family, your household, and this is the body of Christ here at Calvary together. Press towards the goal. Go slow. Don't get in a hurry. Sometimes we outpace God. Not that we can, but we try. God's timing is perfect. I'm going to say that again. Somebody needs to hear that. God's timing is perfect. Don't try to get ahead of God. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Go slow. Remember the statements that you write down on that page. I believe. Call them before the Lord. I believe. Read the word. Learn the word. And live the word. And let's hold each other accountable. I'm talking about accountability for the victories. Don't let the, don't, six months from now, don't let your friend, your neighbor, your loved one, your church family just be slumped in a pew somewhere, just going through the motions again. Remind each other, spur each other on, encourage each other. We're going after God this year. We're hearing from the Lord this year. We're moving in faith this year. Thank you.